Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. And you are listening to High Spirits, which is a show in which uh, we drink booze and we talk about ghosts. Yeah. Sorry, I was in mid-drink. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to be on brand. Right. I'm, I'm <laughs> We're actually not talking about it. ghosts. We're drinking. Yeah, I'm, yeah. That's right. what was happening. So, guys, um, this is a show in which we are sponsored by booze companies uh, in order to bring you the latest in all the ghost hits. Noelle, who are you sponsored by? Well, I'm not actually sponsored by them. I've got to set the record straight here, but... Hopefully someday. Hopefully someday. Hey, if you're listening, we are aspirational. Um, we've mentioned this before. We've read Oprah's The Secret, and if you want someone to sponsor you, you just say, this person's sponsoring us. Right. And as we all know, Gail's The Secret. <laughs> um, the secret is Gail. Um, <laughs> tonight, I am drinking Velvet Moon Cabernet. It's soft to the touch. <laughs> So is Gail. <laughs> <laughs> but harsh with the words. <laughs> Tonight, everybody, I am drinking Vallejo. Uh, I have had this so much on this oh. show. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. Uh, Vallejo <laughs> is by Half Acre Beer right here in Chicago. Uh, last episode, I went all the way to Colorado, mm-hmm. and now I'm just swinging the boomerang back to Illinois. Coming right back to home. Yep. Vallejo. Vallejo. You like that one. I'm glad that you do. Vallejo, you like that one. That's a good tag. <laughs> Thanks, Noel. Uh, half Acre, it's not that far from the ghost studio. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I shouted that. But yeah, no, I mean, we could we could take an Uber from the ghost studio. It'd be like $10. It'd be nothing. Yeah. I was actually going to say we could walk, but not currently. Not in our state. No. But we could at a different time <laughs> in the day. At some point. At some point in the day when the weather is not humid and gross. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so that in such a condescending way, but you get so hot. It's just hot, you guys. I don't know. It's okay. It was humid today. I know. Anyway, anything we need to catch up on? Uh, I don't think so. You know what we should do, though, before I tried, I think, last episode to to really hit it at the end. But if you want to be our pal, um, you can find us on Twitter, mm-hmm. High Spirit Chicago. You could uh, be our Facebook pal, High Spirit Chicago Podcast. Yep. Um, you could find us on... On the uh, gram. On Instagram. High Spirits Chicago. Uh-huh. You can email us at highspiritschicago at gmail.com. Yep. Um, uh, do you leave something out? On the iTunes. iTunes, High Spirit Chicago podcast. And please rate us on iTunes. That's how other people find us, and you can share your joy uh, of yeah. High Spirits Chicago with other folks. So Yeah, come on down. Tell a friend. Sometimes people are like, Jay Noel, how funsies are they? Right. So often these days, I have friends saying, What's a good podcast to listen I to? I actually, I get that all the time, and I yeah. never say mine. Do you say it? Uh, no, I don't, because... We're so Midwestern. I hate us so much. We're so humble. I actually, like, will run into people, and they're like, I didn't know you had a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, we cannot... We're the worst. Get our shit together I, and just say that we do this. I know. I usually list off, like, five different podcasts sure. that are not <laughs> ours. And, well, and I think a lot of times it's because they're good friends that should know that I have a podcast, but... Yeah, maybe I'm a little humble or, I don't know, like, not embarrassed, but, like... Sure. It's like, well, I talk to you all the time, so... Yeah. You get it, but... Yeah, I'm also insufferable in real life, so... that That's true. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason, like, people have to sit around... Like, if you're a real friend, you have to sit around and listen to me and Noel Gab in a... Not always with booze, but oftentimes with booze. Right. These topics are going to come up, and then she and I, like, basically lose a room, and then... right. Which is why we like to say, hi, spirits. It's not for our friends. 
<laughs> yeah, they hate us. Like we've definitely had uh, uh, some people say, I can't listen to you because it's just like hanging out with you. Yeah, which you think would be a compliment, but they don't mean it. They don't mean it, but we like that you guys want to hang out with us, and that means a lot. We're talking to you. Listener. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Noelle, I think it's time to kick it off in earnest. What do you have for us today? Uh, we're going to go back. We're going to do it old school. We're going to talk about some haunted hooses. Yeah, you're yeah. the haunted hoose guy. We. Uh... By the way, for those of you who have never heard us say haunted hoose, <laughs> we say house only when we're together as hoose. So yes. get on board. It's a Wisconsin thing to do. It's a thing to do, or as the Canadians like to call it, Canada light. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or as like you like to call Wisconsin, the South of the North, the South of the North. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, so, uh, I, I've got, we're going to see how long this first one takes us before I get into the second one. I do have two, oh my. but we'll, we'll see. So the first one I want to start out with is Clifton Hall. Hmm. Uh, Clifton Hall is located in Nottinghamshire, England. Oh, yes. Uh, it was built in the 11th century. And they think that it was built uh, the because it was built um, overlooking the Trent River and on top of a hill, so it was very defensible. Sure. Um, <clears throat> you got to so, build by a river, and sh- you should always build on top of a hill. Yeah. Nobody's going to – you're going to see everybody mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. It's great. I, we won't have a chance to do that because um, the world or, or, you know, the earth right now has been settled. But when we go to Mars, right. we're going to know to do that. Also uh, – the argument of the earth is flat has been circulating again. So what? There's that. No. Yeah. That's a thing. No. Google it. Really? Um, yep. We're about to have an eclipse. I'm aware. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, as it, this, we haven't, nope. I am well aware. You're aware. A lot of people, I would hope that many people that are listening are aware. I went to Thailand once and I fell down. <laughs> Gravity. It um, doesn't work in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> they have ants the size of your hand and gravity works differently it was the only time you've ever fallen down girl yeah fact um <laughs> uh so in uh, the late 13th century the the property was bought bought by the clifton family um in the home it was uh or the building i should say uh there were 52 rooms um 10 small quite quaint for the area uh Ten reception rooms, seventeen bedrooms, small. Ten bathrooms, a cinema, and they had bathrooms. A private gym. Those came in later. Um, They had a cinema and a thirteen. But this is what thirteenth century. This is what the home currently has. (laughs) I should have. I should have prefaced it with that. I was like, wait a second. We're talking about like the twelve hundreds. Here's what in Nottinghamshire. They were so advanced. Yeah, they had you, cinema. <laughs> which was basically like two guys just like running back and forth and running into each other. Yeah. One guy had a sock puppet. Uh, <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> but there were 52 rooms. Yeah. Uh, it's three stories high. Um, Clinton Grove, uh, which is the the name of the property, it's a two-mile stretch. Uh, there is a double avenue of elm trees along the River Kent. Is it Clifton or Oh, I Clinton? said tr- uh, Clifton. Clifton. With, oh, an, okay. with an F. Uh, I said uh, Trent, but I meant River Kent, um, along the River Kent to Wilford. And it's uh, most likely these elm trees were planted by Sir Gervase Clifton in the late 17th century. So people talk about just like how scenic and stunning it is like, yeah. when you drive upon it. Um, 
When you drive upon it. Upon it, and it come, yeah. <laughs> what a lovely way to phrase it. Uh, the property was known Yay for... Yay, pulling up. <laughs> no, you're driving upon it. Yeah, someone someone <laughs> puts their car outside and they honk the horn. What an asshole. <laughs> Have you drove upon the house of Clifton in Nottinghamshire? <laughs> you're not welcome here. You. Horns. I said it to you. Uh, so uh, in the 19th century, the property was known for its grassy terraces and groves. <laughs> what a dumb thing to be known for. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to be bucolic, but it's another thing. I think that's beautiful. Dude, can you imagine going to, like, that big old house and then, like, leaving? Here's here's why I know it's, here's why I know that, like, some British person was being a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how was your trip to Clifton House? Yeah. I suppose one could say that the hill is very nice and <laughs> the grass is green. Like, that's just British sarcasm. Listen. Read as, it again. As just... one, the property was known for its grassy terraces and groves. <laughs> That's just sarcasm. As one, Can you imagine if Margaret Thatcher said that? Like people would be like, "What a bitch!" I know, but the property was known for its high wooded plain. As one who has basically a concrete slab in my backyard, I appreciate the grass Girl, and the rolling hills of their property. Okay. Um, I'm just saying it sounds like a diss. I know it totally does, <laughs> but you're, you're right. <laughs> they didn't even enjoy the cinema. <laughs> You've spent more time with the British than I. So that's true. Uh, it was, uh, the, the property was largely rebuilt from 1778 to 1797 by Sir Gervais Clifton. Um, at the time, another Gervais Clinton. Clifton, it was the same guy. Oh, um, he employed the premier architect of North England, John Carr of York. Oh, John Carr. Uh, during this time, the original house... Known for being a coxman. <laughs> John Carr the coxman. <laughs> also uh, renovated homes. Also, the emblo- the premier architect of North England. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that also sounds like sarcasm. It, it's like he's a contractor. It, he was totally a contractor. <laughs> I mean, it's North England, so I don't know what Sorry, that Sorry, guys. This Vallejo is making me a little... I'm like four lines in. <laughs> Okay, so John Carr demolished the house and rebuilt. Um, uh, in uh, 1850. So the Clifton family um, maintained ownership of this house for 700 years. Now, um, there is a bit of history here. Uh, Lieutenant Peter, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Thomas Clifton um, began in the 1940s to sell off the remainder of the Clifton family estates um, a local legend states erroneously that a portrait in the hall of the colonel on horseback was originally intended to be one of his daughter, but was changed. That's <laughs> so mean. Well, look, hold on. It was changed when she died while it oh. was being painted um, in a riding as- accident in Clifton Grove. Uh, so people say that, like, it's actually, it, it's a painting of Peter Thomas Clifton. But people state that like one of the foots is actually a female foot, like they screwed, like they missed that one part. But that is hilarious. The it's really funny. Like how do I mean, you I'm not saying that? I'm not saying because she's died. I just like to me it also seems like like really sarcastic of like okay. it looked so manly that and they then, changed it to be her dad so and, it wouldn't embarrass her. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not the case, but that would be really No, that's funny why I was too. laughing originally because I was like I was like, what a square jar that fine <laughs> that fine lady has. It's more funny like thinking of like this like manly like stoic man on a horse and then there's like One this lady, lady, lady foot. That reminds me of um Gone with the Wind. Oh yeah, a little you remember bit. when Belle dies? Yeah, oh 
And that horse is so sad. Yeah, so let's think of it like that. Um, but <laughs> the reality is that the story is untrue because the colonel's daughter outlived the colonel and later married. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1947... She was a handsome woman. She was a handsome woman. She was sturdy woman. and tall. <laughs> good birthing hips. Would have been a good linebacker. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't have football in England. They did. They had soccer. Football. That is soccer. Um, in 1947, 944 acres of the family's land was sold at an, au- at an auction, and the contents of Clifton Hall was held in 1953. In 1958, Peter Thomas Clifton sold Clifton Hall and the remains of the estate, thus ending um, the 700 years of ownership by his family. Um, now, it is said that um, the Lady of Clifton, I, it doesn't say what era or what time that she was from, but the Lady of Clifton jumped off a cliff and yeah. died when she was jilted by her lover. Yes. Now, uh, there's another story that there was a maid who was a lover to the Lord of the Manor. <laughs> Haven't you just heard you say the word lover twice in a row? I hate it. I... <laughs> Your face is... Why did you... Why did you call them lovers? Because I basically, like, copy and paste of this. Oh. <laughs> you couldn't have said, like, uh, suitor or boyfriend. I, like... Listen. Lover. So, I... I listen... <laughs> um, hold on. Let me take a drink here. Okay. Because now I need it. Okay. Um, oh, oh, this. Okay. I, I need this, uh... Or, I need... I listen to this, uh, the podcast Crime Town, which, uh... If you're into um, mafia stuff, check it out. It's great. What's it called? Crime Town. It's by um, one of the guys who <clears throat> did the Jinx on HBO. I love the Jinx. Yeah. So he, uh, they, he and this other guy, maybe they both did the, the Jinx together. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's about Providence, Rhode Island, and all of the mafia stuff that happens there, and like, or happened there in the '70s and '80s, and it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's fun, and it's there are only 30 minute episodes, so it's really easy to listen to, um, as opposed to us who are we're a full on 60, sometimes more. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was listening to an episode the other day, and um, they were interviewing this woman who was um, called the Doctor Broad. She was the cardiologist to like the mob boss, and oh. she had, um, she was the mistress to uh, another member in the family, the mafia family. And she's telling the story, and she was like, "And then on that night, that's when Louis and I became lovers." <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. listening to it, and I was like, "Gross!" <laughs> My husband was like, "Well, that's nice that like <laughs> you don't enjoy any." I was like, "That's disgusting." No, but when someone says they become lovers, it literally means, like, that's the night we fucked. Right. I was like, I wish she would have just been like, and then we did it. But yeah. she was like, and that's the night that we became lovers. And it was, like, the whole buildup <laughs> of, like, her talking about, like, holding hand. He's like, I'd like to hold your hand and sometimes be seen in public with you. And she was like, I would like that, too. Wait, they did all that before they became lovers? Yeah, well, she, he, they were, like, talking about it, and then That's they... gross. Yeah, so, like, the I word is just... It's, I don't like it. Lover. Anyway, so... So she went off a cliff when her lover... Well, so... <laughs> but listen to Crime Town, it's great. Uh, so, um... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know it. Let me start from the beginning. I can't recommend things I don't know. There's another story that uh, there was a maid <clears throat> who was the lover to the lord of the manor, and they had a child together, and... Uh, 
jilted by him dismissing her, she grabbed the baby and jumped from the third <gasps> floor. Dude, that's so scandaloso. Killing them both in yeah. an act of revenge. So, Have you ever seen Downton Abbey? Um, not in its entirety, but I've seen episodes. Well, anyway, the Lord of the Manor is not supposed to fuck around with the, uh... Well, of course. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> that I can talk about. Yeah. I can so, talk about the crown. Well, I think that a lot of this was probably similar to oh, what was happening upstairs, there. Upstairs, downstairs. Right. So um, so these are like, the, you know, some of the stories uh, from the Clifton family. Now, in 1958, the, um, the Clifton Hall becomes the Clifton Hall Girls Grammar School. Yes. And I wrote, so, ghost kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it closed in 1976. So let me tell you a little bit about that. It was two buildings. It um, consisted of the uh, old Clifton Hall and then a new building, which was further up the grounds. The hall was reported to be haunted. Now, unfortunately, there's not a ton of information. But this was the basis of Harry Potter, the series. Correct. Um, (laughs) It's not. I know it's not. Uh, I wish it was, though. Uh, Kids would, like, some of the kids would report hearing a baby cry. Oh, yeah. um, In, like, a wall. Baby crying in the hall. So that kind of goes back to like. Oh, the, I thought you said in a wall. No, they did. Like the baby was crying like behind a wall. Like they thought that the oh, baby behind was, the wall. The yeah, wall. like was in the wall. So that kind of goes back to the maid um, and the baby. Um, the uh, there's not. I mean, the maid and the baby. My least favorite Agatha Christie story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a heavy. I mean, I feel like that's a deep cut though for Agatha. Uh, Agatha Christie. Yeah, it is a deep cut. <laughs> uh, unknown, unknown novel by Agatha Christie, The Maid uh-huh. and the Baby. And rather than focus on mystery, it's just a how-to. <laughs> it's just a, a baby care book. They were during, it was written during her dark time. Yeah. <laughs> she was just trying to sell a child care novel. She, she was trying to figure herself out. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so. Uh, a, she was a fascist. Was she? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about her. Sympathizer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I won't see the Orange Express. Just kidding, I will. Oh my I'm god, kidding. I'm so four excited. Times. Four times. Four, four times. times. I'm so excited. <laughs> god, I'm so excited. Uh, anyway. That's like my favorite movie in the whole world. I love that book. Four times. So good. Um, should we just talk about that? <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about Clifton Hall and the girls and the baby in the wall in the hall. All right. There's a school. The Clifton Hall Girls Grammar School. Um, the head teacher, Miss Heron, who uh, was their first head teacher, she died of the cancer, also known as cancer, in 1970. She was succeeded by Miss Squire, who just sounds so British and harsh. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, there's nothing more about them, but I just assume that they're probably haunting the grounds as well. Mm -hmm. Um, when the school closed in 1976, a large model of the Phoenix, which was the school's emblem, emblem was burnt to signify the end of the school. Um, but from the ashes rises a new mm-hmm. phoenix. Yeah. So talk about your Harry Potters. Yeah, I know. Uh, now, the school, the building is um, was then uh, taken over by Nottingham Trent University, then Trent Polytechnic, uh, um, and they used the hall until 2002 where it was then sold to Czech White, who built houses on the grounds and converted Clifton Hall into two luxury apartments. Fourteen houses were built to the southeast of the hall. Now, in 2007... <gasps> they changed a beautiful place into, like, a... Like, condominiums, basically. Oh, guess. Yeah, it's kind of not so. Yeah, I don't like it. 
Well, in uh, 2007, Anwar Rashid buys the manor for 3.6 million pounds. Oh, yeah. Now, Anwar is um, ha- has made a lot of money, I believe, uh, and I didn't write this down, but I believe in real estate in Dubai. So <laughs> okay. he's got some money. Um, night one, the family hears knocking, followed by a man's voice who says, who's there? The man that they hear says who's there. I want to make that very clear. Yeah. It wasn't them saying who's there because uh, oftentimes it's flipped. Yeah. Um, so the ghost was like, who's there? The ghost was like, who's there? And they were like, what the fuck? And they were like, we're here. We live here now. <laughs> this is our house. So this is like Nicole Kimmins, the others. Yeah, kind of. So um, they just kind of like froze and, and didn't do anything. And they looked around where she um, walked around the house and tried to find somebody and nobody was there. Um, but the knocking and the voice persisted. Um, and he still like, nobody was there. Um, after that, the house remained silent for a few months until a maid reported seeing a gray figure on her bed. Oh, she woke up and there was somebody sitting there. <clears throat> um, sleep paralysis. What do you do in that moment? Scream. You scream. I had under the covers. Um, <laughs> And hope I actually scream and fight. You do? Yeah. Oh, I hide. I hide and hope for the best. Oh my god. Um, I think I referenced this movie in the the last episode. Are you afraid to keep your toes out from under the comforter? I totally am. What? You're that person? I am that person. <laughs> oh my god. I'm such a scary cat. You're a dummy. Uh, I watch way too many horror movies. Um, totally. I referenced this movie in the last episode, which is why I only watch MSNBC. <laughs> <laughs> so terrifying. Um. But in this movie, Hull House, there's a scene where this the guy wakes up and there's something in his room and oh. he hides under the covers. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's what you do. That's what happens. And it leaps on his chest and takes the Well, and he keeps him. lifting it up and she's closer and then closer. Jesus Christ, man. But, like, there's a moment, like, he's under the, there's one moment where he's under the covers for a very long time. And I was like, this is the only thing you can do right now. You're trapped. She's right by the door. Like, I was, like, totally with him. Why is everybody, why, why do people think that the covers will stop? Because I think there's that thing where it's like, <clears throat> it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. So I'm just hiding. Oh. Like, that's my thing. It's like, if I just close my eyes for a minute and open them, it's not there. No, I do in a very lumbering way. Anything I can remember from Taekwondo. (laughs) (laughs) I never took Taekwondo. That's the problem. It really mostly results in like hitting shadows with my hands and stubbing a toe. (laughs) It's the worst. Worth it at the end. Yeah. That's so No, I'm a getter upper. Worth it. I can't believe you didn't know that about me. I didn't know that. Yeah. We learned so much about each other from this podcast. I know. We really do. Um, Okay. Uh, So um, on another morning, his wife, Nabila saw her daughter watching TV at 5 a.m. Um, the daughter didn't answer when Nabila called out for her. What's her name? Nabila? Oh, Nabila. Nab- Nabila, Nabila. I don't know. I don't know. I thought you said Nebula. N-A-B-I-L-A. I don't know. Um, she called out her daughter for her daughter several times. The daughter didn't respond. And then she went into um, her daughter's room and found her sleeping soundly in bed. Oh, okay. And so at that point, they're like, the ghosts are now taking the shape of our children. That's awful. So they're like, what did they do? Well, um, what would you do? Uh, I would leave. You would hide under the covers. I would probably like go like, and then you would leave. I would do a sit under the covers for a little bit. Can you imagine though, if like you saw ghost kiddo? 
No, I'd lose my fucking. I think mind. I've made it very clearly that I can't handle ghost children. <laughs> I can't say it enough. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't know what I do. I mean, part of me feels like I would probably want to go back and check that room to make sure that I wasn't like seeing things. Mm-hmm. But I would be make somebody come with me because I would be so afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Again, visitors reported hearing a baby crying from a sealed or bricked-off room. Um, others uh, claimed to see a woman pacing back and forth from a window in a, a closed-off room. They started to see dark shapes. So then they invited uh, paranormal investigators from the Asheville Paranormal Investigation Network. Um, What's that? It's uh, uh, a paranormal group um, in England. Okay. I actually uh, tried to look them up, and it was really difficult to get some information on that. Got it. Um, like, they're, they're a group, but, like... I didn't know if they were, like... You know, um, they're kind of like the group that the Warrens, like, were okay. part of. They're they're similar to that. I didn't know if it was, like, House, Hunter, House Hunters International, wherein, like, when you said Asheville, I thought maybe they were from... The Ashfield. Oh, Ashfield. So, they're mm. more... I think they're more, like, parapsychologists. Oh, um, th- that's kind of what I've gathered. But like when I went onto their website, um, it actually took me to a different URL. Like if I just type, if you just type in Asheville Paranormal Investigation Network, it's the ghost. Yeah. You can't look it up it's because the, of the ghost. It's the crappy, like, it's the ghost that's stopping it. Yeah. But it, it goes to like, kind of like a cheesy website, oh, which black is a background with white words. Yeah, exactly. Can't. I think they were purple. I can't, can't, can't. I can't, can't, can't. Well, we've said this so many times on this show and I'm sorry to interrupt you. But, like, ghost people, get your websites... Clean it up. ...together. Please. Please. White background, black font, Calibri. It doesn't matter. But, like, Fix none it. of this weirdo, like... Even if you want to do Arial, we're fine with yeah. that. No, I mean, that's fine. Acceptable. Yeah. Um, get it together. Yeah. Let us believe in you, because we want to. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, again, Ashfield Paranormal Investigation Network was invited to the house. Their team leader was a police officer that said the Clifton Hall was the only place that scared him. Huh. Um, two team members saw the ghost of a boy. <laughs> I was such a dick. I'm like, guess he's never been to Chicago. Well, I'm like, you're a police officer? Yeah, like, get it together. What's happening in North England, in Nottinghamshire? Not much. Not much, I guess. No. Um, we yeah. had a... a- we had a dead man on the train tracks today. <laughs> if you're from Chicago, I don't mean to laugh. Literally every single person on Facebook and on Twitter was like, this is fucking horseshit. I mean, everyone was so angry. I was working out of a, a hotel downtown and I watched them carry a body bag uh, out of the hotel not too That's long right. ago. So For the Palooza. For the Lollapalooza. I don't want to laugh about it because it's very sad. But, I mean, like, I've seen it. Uh-huh. So... I would hope that a police officer. Anyway, well, this northern this this Bobby needed to get it together and, and get out a little bit more. Right. So, Nothing I'm sure doesn't seem like a big urban. No, it sounds very nice. Yeah. So uh, uh, the rest of us were like, I saw five rats today, two dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. Nah. Uh, <laughs> I like when you did Chicago. You raised your glass up for cheers, but I did. you went the wrong way. I did. Go this way. I was well. I was. Cheers, Chicago. Uh. Okay. Two team members from the Ashfield Paranormal Investigation Network saw a ghost of a boy and they fainted. <gasps> they fainted dead away. So clearly, like, I don't, 
like, what have they investigated before? <laughs> have they <laughs> seen? I don't understand these people. Um, they you all... wouldn't faint. You'd hide under a duvet. <laughs> Where's not... the tablecloth? Um, they also stated that it was the most active site of paranormal phenomenon, and they were unable to help. How would they know? I don't know, but they're clearly not good at their jobs. Sure. So, uh, I'm, I've lost faith in them. Well, hats off to you, people. So, finally, Investigators. the family saw drops of blood on the quilt of their 18-month-old son, and when they saw that, that was enough for them, and they left the house immediately. And went to pediatric care because their son was... <laughs> Bleeding? No, it was clearly a ghost attack. No, the 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 thought was that it was dripping from the ceiling. Okay, but whatever. Somebody probably like uh, had a paper cut and dripped all over the quilt. I mean, maybe. I was just opening mail, um, and this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when they left, they um, stopped paying the mortgage. Um, and th- here's the thing with this, as opposed to like the Lutz family. Um, this guy could afford this house. It wasn't like he stopped paying or he fled because he sunk his money into, you know, this big like money pit or all of a sudden he was like, Oh, this is more than I thought it was going to be. He has a lot of money and he could do it. Um, he stopped paying the mortgage because he no longer resided there. And he felt that it was unnecessary for him to, uh, pay the mortgage and he was fine with the bank repossessing it, which is exactly what happened. <clears throat> so, um, the bank repossessed the house and it's now for sale for 2.75 million pounds. Um, and so that's part of the reason why I subscribe to the story a little bit more than like the Amityville, because it's like this dude, he's not looking for fame. Like he's not looking for, anything other than like he was scared Mm -hmm. from everything I've read. Maybe I'm wrong, but, um, and, and the thing is, is that like Amityville, if you Google Amityville and I'm using this as an example, there are hundreds, if not thousands of websites and articles about it, videos everywhere. Oh my God. It's cottage industry. This story, it's really hard to find information That's on right. it. And it's kind of, it's fairly newer. It's like less than 10 years old, but like, it's hard to find anything. Well, I hope, I hope they get, uh, I yeah. hope that family gets a solace. I mean, right. you and I both have experience with, um, uh, haunted homes. It's mm-hmm. not, uh, it's not an easy way to live one's life. It's not. And I think a lot of people, especially like somebody like this guy who, um, was clearly like a successful businessman and like what, respected mm-hmm. it's not something you want to talk about because Agreed. people are going to look down upon you and look at you as being like a kook or a flake and so he probably didn't want to broadcast it too much i wouldn't want to so <laughs> and i do but i wouldn't want to no i mean we love talking about it and it's fun for us but like if if something you and i hardly share especially not in here our personal stories because they make us sound crazy ex- exactly and i mean to the point where like we've had people talk, come to us and say, Hey, I want to share my story. And we're like, well, we almost as a protective thing. Like anybody who talks about a ghost, a personal ghost story ends up sounding crazy. Eventually. It's not that we don't believe you. It's just that we're protecting you. No, no. I mean, 100% the belief is there. It's just, it's, it's so strange. It, it just doesn't translate. Right. So, um, here's a little bit more. 
um, which I think is interesting. There were stories of black black rituals being performed. Oh, blah, I know blah, this blah, is where blah, I lose blah, you, but blah. but but hear hear this out. This is where I lose you. <laughs> Uh, stories of black rituals being performed on the grounds and secret tunnels located around the mansion. Um, in the stable, and this is w- was reported by several people, in the stable there was a circle of animal blood with broken mirrors scattered throughout its space. You're shaking your head. <laughs> um, here is one, this is one account um, as of like in the last couple of years. This man, his name's Brian uh, Cockwell. Ah, I bet he was a coxman. Ah, a coxman. <laughs> Cockwell. I like that he's British. Like, his last name is Cockwell. <laughs> Cock. It's C-A-W. Cockwell. Oh, it is. Oh, I yeah. thought it was C-O-C-K. Nope. I'm like, Cock. The Anglo-Saxon language, like, no. by the way, if your name is, like, Lori Butcher, chances are... We know what you did. We know what you did. <laughs> we see you, Lori. Or, like... Or like Francis Carpenter, we know who you are. Yeah. So Brian Coxwell, I get we, it. We know you. Gets <laughs> it spelled differently. But he's Cockwell. I don't know what that means. Anyway, he was on a fishing trip near the hall, and um, he claimed he was passing a thatched cottage when an um, an elderly woman was at the gate. They had oh. a pleasant conversation <clears throat> for about ten to fifteen minutes. He continued walking down the lane, and when he turned back to wave goodbye, she was gone. <gasps> Um, there's also a river creature, uh, near the, the property, um, in the river Kent. It's a large fish similar, similar to a sturgeon, but almost as big as a dolphin. Nice. Yeah. It swims upstream to the hall. It's, Merman? Uh, nope. It's, it's a, like a sturgeon. So fish, fish head. Oh, okay. Um, it stays and it splashes in the inlet for three days and is said to foretell impending doom to the home homeowners. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. River fish. It's like demon cat in the White House. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call. So that's kind of cool. Uh, there's not much more about that, but it's kind of a fun thing. Thank you. So that is Clifton Hall. That's, yeah. a, that's a good story. Thank you so much. You're welcome very much. Okay. Next up, we're going to move over to the States. Now I'm going to talk about a 420-room Colonial Revival Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, and the inspiration to the Overlook Hotel, which was... What? In... What? Stephen King's... What? The Shining. Oh my god, how exciting. Also known as the Stanley Hotel. Who? Now, uh, ironically, you got a little gift from a friend of ours. I... I actually did. It's actually... This is so crazy because it's sitting right in front of me. Yes. Um... My very good friend, friend of the show, um, <laughs> got me ghost stories of the Stanley, Stanley Hotel when he was in Colorado, and Noelle saw that I posted something about it, and she was like, shit. I was like, are you doing this? Because I have something on it. <laughs> uh, no, so this actually just kind of happened hand in hand, so, I mean, talk about dink. It's amazing. Right? And uh, thank you, Aaron. You killed it, buddy. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me tell you about the Stanley Hotel. So if you're not familiar with um, The Shining by Stephen King, um, what? Uh, yeah, like why? It's so good. So I mean, especially the second version. I'm <laughs> kidding. You you are referring to the movie by Stanley Kubrick. Um, no, you know how like uh, oh, the Stephen, remake? Yeah, the remake. 
Stephen King said he never liked the old one, so they he was all on board with the new one. They did a uh, like a mini series in 1997. I believe Stephen Weber was in it, right? No, I think it was 2007. It was more. It oh, was... I thought they did it later or earlier than that. Oh, uh, no. I don't know. But yes, they did a they did a remake because uh, he was not on board with the Stanley Kubrick film in 1979, which um, I'm a big fan of. I like both. I like the book and the Kubrick movie. I saw The Shining for the first time in college, and I lost my mind a little bit. It's a very frustrating film. I don't know why, because it's one of those weird things. I have to be honest with you, and this is a bit controversial. I don't think it's a scary movie. Like, I don't think it falls under the auspices Mm -hmm. of this is a scary movie. And yet, seeing it, it was one of the few scary movies that I was so terrified of it and so upset by what I had seen. I, like... Like asked uh, uh, a friend of mine in in the apartment that I was living in if I could sleep in her room. Mm-hmm. Well, you basically watch this man's descent into madness. It's really anxiety inducing. It's you can't tell what's real and what's not. Yes, and it, it if if you have suffer from any type of like anxiety or neurosis, it, like it it really kind of like escalates a lot of that stuff. Oh my god, at the end too, when like, he's been frantically typing and you realize he's done nothing at all. Yes. It's, yeah. Are you, are you gonna get there? I'm sorry. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> but that part of the movie scares the living daylights out of I'm actually not gonna talk about the story at all. Oh, So if great. you have more to say, <laughs> go for it. No. Um, I, I, I mean, I personally really love the book. Um, the, the, I haven't read it. The movie is more of a visual, which is, you know, cause it's Kubrick, so that's his, that's his jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's horror inducing, like, especially to watch this descent into madness and see what like isolation does to a person. Um, so Stephen King, and I will say Shelley Duvall, um, as an actor, no disrespect. She just is creepy looking. Yes. That's the, she, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she has that very skinny sort of weird creepathon, like undernourished housewife deal going. Right. Well, and we should also say that like Shelley Duvall recently came out, um, admitting that, she has a lot of mental health issues and she's trying to get some help with that. And so, you know, kudos to her and hopefully she gets better. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She came out a year ago. Um, I think she was like on Dr. Phil or something like that talking about, well, you know, he's not a real doctor. I I know that very well. Um, <laughs> but she's been, she's been having some struggles and later in life huh. and is having a rough life. So, uh, thoughts to her and hope she gets well. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, she'll always be my olive oil. Um, the Robin Williams yep. Popeye. Anyway, uh, so the description of the Stanley Hotel currently is approximately five miles from the entrance to Rocky Mountain National Park. The Stanley offers panoramic views of Lake Estes, the Rockies, and especially Long's Peak. It was built by Freeland Oscar Stanley of Stanley Steamer fame and opened on July 4th, 1909, catering to the American upper class at the turn of the century. The hotel and its surrounding structures are listed on the National Registrar of Historic Places. Sounds like a nice place to visit. Yeah, it does. I'd go. You want to go? I would love to go. Let's go. Okay, we're going. Uh, It currently functions as a... I'm looking at a picture right now. It's It's awesome. beautiful. Like, I would love to go there. Um, It currently functions as a restaurant spot um, and a bed and breakfast it provides tours that show the history and also the alleged paranormal activity. It is uh, has received a 4.3 stars on the Google and four on four stars on TripAdvisor. Mm. 
So I'm saving you guys all the research. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about the history. So uh, in 1881, Freeland Oscar Stanley, um, as stated earlier, of Stanley Steamer fame. What is Stanley Steamer? Stanley Steamer is uh, like a uh, steam cleaning. Thing. Oh, the Clean- carpet cleaner people? Yes. Oh. So this is carpet cleaning people money. Yeah. He also, um, and I didn't put this down, but he also was involved, had many other endeavors as well. He was a very wealthy man. Sure. Him and his brother. Uh, War profiteer. Yes, probably. He and his brother um, partnered up and made a lot of money together. Um, in 1881, though. By the way, I have no no evidence to suggest he was a war profiteer. I, re- I just saw Clue again. Oh, I love Clue. It's so good. It's one of my faves. I didn't have to rewatch it. I know it by heart, but I just, I I rewatched it for fun. Yeah. Like I can't watch it with people because I've been very sick for the last couple of weeks. And Mm -hmm. so I've just been putting on movies that like make me feel better. I don't know that we've ever watched Clue together. We probably should. We have. We put it out one time at the Halloween party. Oh, we did. It's so good. I like people can't watch it with me because my cousin and I watched it every day together one summer because it was the only thing like I was babysitting for her and my her younger brother and it was the only thing that kept us from not fighting <laughs> and like it's bonded us to this day and but we watched it like every day for two months oh my god so it's, it's a memorized. fantastic movie it's in my brain yeah anyway uh okay why is the car stalling <laughs> it's scared <laughs> Like, I know every flaw in that movie, like, all of the sound error, like, it doesn't, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. In 1881, Freeland um, contracted tuberculosis. Oh, no. Uh, which he beat. Which, you know, says that he had some money, because a lot of people at that time... A lot of people don't beat it. They couldn't do it. Um, but in 1903, it came back, and like many at the time, he took to the Rocky Mountains for the cool, dry air. Like, that was the best cure for people, or the best treatment. Um, people either went to the Rockies or they went to the desert. Yes. For the lungers as they called them. Um, that's a lot of how Arizona got settled. Yeah. 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 Very true. Um, so, uh, his health improved while being in the Rocky mountains and, um, he and his wife decided to return every year. Um, he actually ended up living until the age of 91 when he died of a heart attack. So, it's been so young. It's so young. Only the good die young. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. You know, but a life well lived. I guess he had so much more to give. So, but while, um, so they went to uh, Estes Park near the Rockies, and um, while while going there every year, he uh, got tired of the lack of like some type of like metropolis luxury. or luxury. Like it was very much the area was known for. Um, Hunting and naturalist. Yeah. So um, he wanted to create an environment for people of his kind. Of course. So in 19... And thank God, because when you and I go, I'm going to thumb my nose at all that. We need some luxury. (laughs) We're not... I mean, we're glamping. Yeah. So in 1907, he uh, resolved to make Estes Park um, a... An area that catered to wealthy urbanites. Ooh. Um, in 1909, the hotel was completed. Um, interesting thing about the area that he purchased. So the man who, and I didn't put this in again as well. So sorry, I really suck at my notes. Um, the man who actually owned the area was disliked by the people who lived there so much that um, they were 
willing to sell out. Oscar <laughs> Stanley actually wanted to name the hotel <gasps> after the sky. I just opened the book and it's signed. Oh, it is signed. <laughs> Aaron. Celeste Lasky. <laughs> okay. Anyway. We're going to find out who that is. All right. Um, so, uh, I was thinking if it might be in this book. Yeah. So yeah, look it up. Freeland Stanley wanted to name the, the hotel after this man. And then the town was like, absolutely not. You should name it after yourself because he actually did a lot of good for the town. Like he brought in, um, electricity, um, and how he brought in electricity actually was because, so he and his brother, um, started an electric company and they brought in electricity, not by like piping it in, but by selling light bulbs, huh? Uh, to the town. Um, they brought in tourism, they brought in like running water, they brought in all of these things. So the town was actually like really grateful to have him. And he looked out for them. He was very involved in the hotel and what was happening in the town. So they're like, please name this after yourself and not that awful man who owned this land. Mm -hmm. So that's what he did. Which Um, is not in this book. This is just ghost stories. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, and that's the thing. Nobody wanted to remember him, so we're not going to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the hotel featured a hydraulic elevator. Um, again, this was in 1909. It featured a dual electric and gas lighting, running water, a telephone in every room, and a fleet of specially designed Stanley Model Z mountain wagons to bring the guests from the train depot <clears throat> 20 miles away. Now, remember, this was on top of a mountain or oh, built yeah. into mm-hmm. a mountain, so it was not easy to get to. Is it easier to get to now? Uh, it, it is because more roads have been built in, but like, it's still, you know, when there is bad snow and like the weather conditions are are rough, it's still not easy to get up there. Um, or, you know, if you're in a blizzard, you're kind of trapped. Um, it was one of the first hotels west of the Mississippi to have electricity. Um, this is interesting. It was not equipped with heat until 1983. Um, and it closed every year for winter. So that kind of goes along with the story of the shining where, um, they shut it down, but they brought in a caretaker during the winter to maintain the grounds. So that's kind of where Stephen King got the idea for the story. Um, some people who were guests were Titanic survivor, Molly Brown, (gasps) the unsinkable. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Theodore Roosevelt. Nice. Japanese royalty. Just, just that. Yeah. Um, and countless Hollywood celebrities. Countless. Countless. And we could never count them. <laughs> They're countless. It's so hard to count. So, so yeah, that's the building. So, um, let me tell you a little bit about the place and some of the ghost stuff. Um, so there's the notorious room 217. Now, um, not too long ago, uh, some, pieces of wallpaper drywall were found by the hotel engineer in the bowels of the building while he was just kind of doing some rounds and checking on something, um, which confirmed some stories that had never been logged or it was just kind of like a story that has been told over time, which has been, um, told through, uh, the, the ghost tours that they do at the hotel. The thing about this hotel I think I told you this offline, like offline. I don't think yeah. I said this. this. The interesting thing about the Stanley Hotel, which I really appreciate, is that they actually embrace all of the ghost sto- stories, and they know that that, like The Shining and um, the kind of lore of the hotel, is really like their bread and butter. So they've embraced it, 
And they like to tell these stories, which a lot of hotels that, you know, people claim are haunted, they want to disavow this. They don't, you know, that's not what they stand by. You know, they want people to come because it's a nice place to stay. Not the Stanley Hotel. They're all about it. I mean, no, you I mean, have a, like, where would people go? Right. Like you have a book right here that is volume one yeah. of the ghost stories of the Stanley Hotel. Signed, so, apparently. Signed by the Celeste Lasky. That's awesome. Uh, so cool. So anyway, um, so... When they found this drywall down in the basement, it kind of confirmed this story that I am now going to tell you. In 1911, room 217 was the presidential suite. It was an L-shaped room that took the space of two rooms, uh, which are now room 215 and 217. On June 25th, and, uh, June 25th, 1911, a thunderstorm knocked out all of the electricity and all of the guests were escorted into the lobby so they could change... Um, so the hotel staff could change the backup lighting, change to the backup lighting, sorry, um, of acetylene uh, gas lamps. So they went from electricity to gas. Um, however, there was a gas leak in room 217. And so when the chambermaid, oh, no. Elizabeth Wilson, entered with a lit candle, there was an instant explosion. Yeah. This The explosion destroyed 10% of the 70,000 square foot building. The good news was that it was a compression explosion, so it put itself out. How many people died? Uh, I'm getting to that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. The force of the explosion sent Wilson down to the McGregor dining room on the floor below, um, but she survived. What? She had two broken ankles, and Freeland Stanley- Holy shit. Right. Not burns everywhere? She was totally fine, other than two broken ankles from the fall. Um, Freeland- oh. My God. It's crazy. But wait. That's unbelievable. But wait. So Freeland Stanley covered all of her medical bills and then made her head chambermaid after she recovered until her death in the mid-50s, 1950s. But it's now reported that she haunts the room. Oh, yeah, of course. So Elizabeth, if you... Maybe she died the first time. Maybe. Um... Elizabeth will, if you stay in room 217, Elizabeth will fold your clothing. Yes. And she'll put it away. Perfect. Um, if you're an unmarried couple staying in the room, she'll climb into bed with you, and she tries to force you apart, which is oh, hilarious. I don't like it. I think it's really funny. Yeah. Um, however, so this is the story. Dead and approved. Right. That's not okay. Now, this is. I feel like once you die, you should have all those, like. Well, rules thrown asunder. This was 1911. But I guess as in as in life, as in death. Right. This was 1911, so let's keep that in mind. Now, this is the official story that is told in the ghost tours by the hotel. Again, this story has not been documented by any hotel logs. Nobody's, like, kept this in their diary that anybody can find. You can't find a record of this exact story really anywhere. There were five different news accounts of what happened from this explosion from five um, different, uh, uh, like, newspapers. Yep. <clears throat> Number one, the Denver Times. Also, five different newspapers in the Rocky Mountain area is pretty incredible in 1911. No, it's about right. You think so? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, I guess that makes sense because that was Well, like... the newspaper industry has shrunk. Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be... Yeah. Um, excuse me. Every small town, um, like, let's say 
St. Charles would have four competing newspapers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. so newspapers, it was just like a, um, a big business. It was a because booming people industry. Were, yeah. There's this pre-television, pre-radio yep. in every home and people are just buying for your ear. And the reason why they're usually like four or so many, mm-hmm. um, it's because of political beliefs. Got it. Okay. So every, every, uh, newspaper had its own editorial idea. It's like a zine now. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Um, I joke. But yes, I'm. I'm not surprised that, that even if you're like five newspapers from Denver, right, had an opinion. So all these five different newspapers give five different accounts. So here we go. In the Denver Times, her name was Elizabeth Lambert. Now remember, I originally said her name was Elizabeth Wilson. They said her name was Elizabeth Lambert, and that she was fatally injured. And that she was joined by uh, Eva Colburn, who was thrown through the hall onto the porch, but uh, but Eva was merely stunned. In the Denver Post, Elizabeth was mere Elizabeth also named Elizabeth Lambert was fatally injured, and the quote was just as a fashionable throng of guests was finishing dinner, the guests uh, so she was thrown again into the um, ballroom as previously mm-hmm. described. Uh, the guests saw narrowly escaped injury as the room fell into their laps. There was a fi- <laughs> there was a fire put out by uh, Eva Colburn after she had blown a hole through the wall. Mary Donaldson, another maid, also found a fire extinguisher and helped put out the fire. So these um, in <clears throat> this story, these maids were made to be heroes, except for Elizabeth Lambert, who was fatally injured again. Which which newspaper was that? That was the Denver Post. That was probably a liberal newspaper that wanted, like, Irish rights or something. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Uh, the Colorado Springs Gazette wrote a story that was close to the truth, so the Elizabeth Wilson story that I originally said, but added that seven people were injured. Um, the Rocky Mountain News reported the true story of Elizabeth Wilson, but also reported that Alfred Lamborn... The general manager of the hotel and his wife and daughter were having dinner in the room below. A large steel girder from the second floor crashed down, landing between three, the three and smashing the table, stated the news. The party escaped with bruises. The report also stated that the incident started while testing the acetylene gas system, and a small <laughs> explosion had occurred about an hour prior to the big one. Then, the door of the t- room 2000... Or, I'm sorry. Then the door of room 217 blew off. Employees then went in search of the leak to the room on the second floor. A moment later, a terrific detonation started the guests of the hotel. So uh, it's safe to say that the Rocky Mountain News was probably the Fox News of our time. Yeah, a little bit, like, terrifying. (laughs) A little propagandized. Yeah. Um, Or even, like, USA Today. They just want to sell papers. Exactly. Um, So it's safe to say that, like, Journalism is still the same. Right. Well, back then, um, when is all this happening? This is in 1911. Yeah, but 1911 is like the era of yellow journalism. Yeah, it's totally cutthroat. It's just newspaper versus newspaper versus newspaper Mm -hmm. trying to sell more desks, more more interesting tittlebittles. Right. Um, And um, finally, the Fort Collins Weekly Courier reported that the Gas explosion was a result of unknown circumstances, since the gas lights were not in operation at the time. The report claimed that guests had been saved because a late dinner was to be served that evening. Curiously, in the Fort Collins report, uh, the victim is named as Lizzie Leitenberger. 
<laughs> so her name's like totally wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly, none of these reports mentioned the thunderstorm and all of the reports said that the victims were taken to Longmont hospital. Um, also all the stories agreed, uh, the explosion occurred around 8 PM. Uh, and so, um, the like head of the, uh, the ghost tours stated, this is the most paranormal story we tell basically the, um, the first one that I told. This is the most paranormal story we tell because it's such a mystery. Um, no employee records from the time period are still at the hotel and no photograph of Elizabeth Lizzie Wilson Lambert Leitenberger of Lancaster, Pennsylvania can be found. Uh, so it's a fun story. Is it true? I hope so. Whatever, yeah. whatever thing it is, but, um, <clears throat> we, but the fact that they were able to find the, um, drywall the wallpaper drywall in the basement proves that something happened down there okay. so that's kind of cool um so ghost stuff in addition to elizabeth lizzie whatever her name may be there are still some other ghosts that people see if you um travel to the uh stanley hotel in estes park colorado uh freeland stanley is there he is the proprietor former proprietor and builder founder owner Cool. What's he get up to? Uh, he just strolls around the lobby. Like it? Yeah. He was... Big um, man, small man? Um, I don't... When you and I go there, what are we looking for? We're looking shadows. for a man of, like, normal stature. Normal stature shadows? Average. Average I man. mean, like, go, like, not who he really was, but what are people seeing a ghost? They don't say. They just say that they see him. So I think oh. they, like, recognize <clears throat> that they're, this man is there. Old-timey? Just Old kind of Old-timey... Well, and Freeland was known to be very, like I said, very involved with hotel we'll do, operations. We'll do what we do uh, anytime you're looking around in a normal group of people and you're like, huh, that person's not wearing the right clothes. Yes, exactly. And then he's gone. That's the right. best. Exactly. So I didn't know if we were dealing with, like, if we were dealing with a shadow person or blah, blah, blah. But, like, looks like he's supposed to be there. He's right. wearing weirdo clothing. Disappears. So most likely uh, it's some resident energy. Yep. That's kind of touring around the area, just checking on things like he was known to do. Um, same thing with his wife, Flora, Flora Stanley. Um, so Freeland had uh, gifted her a piano that she would play often in the ballroom. Yes, or nice. what they called in the um, music room. And so Flora is known to be playing the piano. So sometimes people hear the piano being played from the ballroom. I like it. Yeah. What did she play? I don't <clears throat> know. Okay. That's a really good question, though. Um, we should find that out. Yeah. We'll look at, like, Papio and music of the time. Yeah. 1910? Yeah. 1911. So, yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Or, well, I mean, it opened in 1909. Um, he lived to be 91 years old. Yeah. So, I don't remember exactly when So, probably, he died. like, a virgin by Madonna? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, she was ahead of her time. Yeah. Um, in room uh, 1408, which is a room that, if we do go there, I will not stay. I will. Um, and it is because children are heard laughing or playing outside the room. Into it. Uh, when Stephen King stayed at the hotel, um, so he stayed he stayed at the uh, hotel um, with his wife Tabby, Tabitha, um, and they stayed actually when the hotel was closing or near closing, like for the winter holidays, and they were able to like kind of get in there right at the end um, for a week, I believe, and that's when he kind of came up with his inspiration for <clears throat> the shining. So he kind of talked them into letting him stay there. 
Um, but he said, well, so he kind of had the lay of the land. I believe that they were, the, I believe they were the only ones in the hotel, uh, which no, thank you. Um, yes. Thank you. No, no one that will be staying there. Oh God. <clears throat> um, when he That'd was be there, great. just you and me there in December. Oh God. Um, <laughs> you're going to get so angry with me. Everything, every single, like, I'd be like, this place is so beautiful. If your hair touched Noel's hair. <laughs> <laughs> dump, dump, dump. I like just running away from nothing. And just in case you know, like our high spirits and joke is that I'm not afraid of ghosts at all. But my line is always, if you're here, touch Noelle's shoulder. Just fuck with Noelle. Because she can't handle it. it um, honestly, by the way, I love you so much that if we were there, um, I would say touch me. I would jump into your arms. You know. T- you, oh, it'd be like Parker Posey in Scream yeah. 3 when she jumps into <laughs> But I would, I would really do that. I'd be like, just... Poke me on the nose or touch me in the face. Oh, just punch me in the face. Um, well, if they're not touching me in my face, I can't tell. <laughs> I'm serious. I can't hear anything. My ear is perfect. I know. <laughs> I have a broken eardrum. <laughs> I'd lose my shit. I'd like run out in the freezing cold. So I won't do touch no Into the hedge maze. I'll say touch me. Well, I'm, oh, in the hedge maze. Let me get to that. But hold on. Let me tell you about 418. So Stephen King also reported uh, that when he stayed there, he heard a boy called to his nanny while he was staying in 418. Um, also, uh, there's room four, 407 where the lights turn on and off. There are unexplained noises. A face is often seen from the room outside. So, like, if you're outside looking up into the room, people can see a face looking out on them. Mm-hmm. Now, in uh, uh, sometime in the 2000s, they built a hedge maze, maze, I think, like, in 2005. They built a hedge maze to... To match the movie. Match the movie and to add to the allure. So if you go there, um, that is not original. That is post. And that is clearly to uh, play up to, like, the movie hype. So, I'm into it. Still, still very cool. Like, I, I would it. totally go through it. Because um, hedge, maze, hedge mazes, I've had some wine. Um <laughs> Hedge mazes is really hard to say. Hedge mazes. Hedge mazes. You got it. Thank you. Uh, they seem cool. Um, I feel like I'd rather go through that than a corn maze. Girl, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, as one who grew up near, well, with cornfields in my backyard, um, walking through cornfields can be very, it's very disgusting. It's awful. Well, I mean, well, here's what people don't realize no, well, about it. Let me, can I say this? People don't realize the amount of spiders and bugs and well, fuckery. That's what I was going to say. Oh, is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Like, that's what's gross about it. Because I think people think, like, you can walk through a no. lot of corn. You cannot. You're going to get, like... There are spiders everywhere through As big shit. as your motherfucking hand. And there are webs, like, you would not believe. You just... You... you. It's not fun. And it's the most disgusting. It's... You are just... Like, you should just walk through with a machete. <laughs> I agree. It's not okay. Oh my god. It's gross, my friends. Um don't do it. Don't yeah. run through them unless you're being chased I by know. a man with a hacksaw. Which is what uh, all the fake ones are. It's but not I mean, like clean. you grew up around corn. Like, did you no. run through the corn and like um the, I would never. The spiders are enough to I would never. I yeah. have. I mean, I, I mean, have. I have, but I won't. I mean, if you ask me to do it now, I never would. I learned my lesson at a very young age where um, we played a lot of hide and seek when I was a yes. kid. And, like, we had a lot of, because we had a lot of farmland to plan. Like, yep. 
Um, and I learned at a very young age that you do not hide in the corn. <laughs> I think we need to go out on that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a lesson for all the kiddos. Well, I ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to a show called High Spirits. Um, I'm Jay Segman. This is Noel Schmidt. And uh, we just want to say one last thank you to our sponsors. Noel, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Velvet Moon Cabernet. It's soft to the touch. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes. And I, <laughs> I'm drinking Vallejo. Uh, it is from Half Acre Beer Company. We'd like to thank... We, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're We'd coming like to, for you, Half Acre. Yeah. We'd <laughs> like to say thank you so much. And uh, Noelle has one last disgusting, creepy-ass thing to say to you, and it's... Sweet dreams. <laughs>